Kubernetes. It sounds like a cure for COVID-19, but it's not. It's a brand new way of deploying ArcGIS. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Esri Australia. To get your hands on more short, sharp, and immediately useful resources, head to the Esri Australia website and search for Goldmine. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the GIS Directions podcast. I'm Wayne Lee Archer. I'm Josh Fentman. And joining us today while Tara is on leave is our colleague, Riley McGlusky. Hi, Riley. Hello, hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So, everyone, Riley is a self-described environmentally conscious millennial who wields qualifications in environmental science and spatial science. And she's joining us today from her home base in Melbourne. Riley, what have you been doing during lockdown? First of all, didn't like the attitude in that millennial, but we'll gloss over that. <laughs> well, I um, did what I suggest uh, you and Josh also did and, you know, cracked open a case full of Red Bulls, got out of bed at 3am, did the long commute to my lounge room and went on a UC bender. Ah, oh, the conference, of course. Yes, I, I caught you at 3am uh, in the conference meeting room there. There was so much to take in, uh, lots of very exciting new technology updates, Uh I went to bed pretty shortly after that one. It was so early in the morning. So today we're going to go through our own individual highlights from the UC and let you know what's hot and what's not. And this is going to be a lot of fun because between us, we have some very differing perspectives, skills and backgrounds. (laughs) So it's going to be really interesting to hear what our views are and how they differ in terms of what got us excited. So let's take a leap of faith and start with you, Wayne. All right, well, you know I'm all the tech pundit who loves to get into all of the geeky stuff, so here's what I'm up for in 2020. I'm going to have to start off with a great new piece of technology, voxels. We've heard Jack say them over and over again in the plenary, voxels, 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 voxels are the hot thing for this year. What do you think, Josh, voxels? Voxels, schmoxels, what are we talking about here? (laughs) Sounds like something for... uh... A niche user. Tell me more. A niche oh, user. Wow. I have to disagree with you now, Josh. Don't mute me, please. Let me back on the podcast, please. <laughs> but <laughs> I think voxels in general are going to be a really interesting and exciting development for a number of different industries. And we're not just talking about environment and academia here, but I think any industry that has some sort of soil profile or looks at variables within the biosphere, the troposphere, and have any sort of time element attached to that are going to find a great use for voxels. And I'm going to be personally really disappointed if I don't see at least one Mighty Boosh fan have a (laughs) configured pop-up that says, come with me now on a journey through time and space. Fantastic. I, I, I have to agree. I think they've got big potential. But what are they is the real question, I suppose. So in the 20-second rundown, voxels, if we think about pictures being split up into little grids of cells, we call those, what do we call those, Josh? Pixels, Wayne. We do. We do. We call them pixels. So if instead of having a great big grid of flat cells, instead we had a grid of volumetric cubes, do you think maybe we might call them what do you think? Voxels. That's what they are, and they're used for allowing interactive analysis of volumes in 3D space. So as Riley was saying, we get you know, um, weather, we get air and sea temperature, we get soil profiling, all of these things that allow you or need you to analyze things in three full dimensions of volume. So very exciting stuff. Hey, Wayne, what's the price of entry? What's the ticket I need to get into voxels? How am I actually going to 
get hands on? What do I need? What are the ingredients? Really quite easy to get started with voxels. First of all, you're going to need some data. And the, the first thing uh, that you're going to need is some kind of volumetric data. Now, most often or not, that's going to be weather related data. It's going to start off in a format called NetCDF. So let's get that out of the way first. Next thing, you're going to need the latest version of ArcGIS Pro because it's baked right on in there as voxel feature layers in ArcGIS Pro. So latest, latest, like 2.6 latest. latest. latest 2.6 latest. Can I recommend that anyone who is an earth nerd like myself go check out Yvonne Sellers' presentation on oh, voxels? Absolutely. She does two really great visualizations using soil profiles and carbon monoxide. And it's just, it's absolutely Ab incredible to see her like slice through that volume of data. I can completely second that. That's a fantastic one. Mm -hmm. And the links to all of those will be up online uh, at the end of the podcast as well. All right, moving along, my second one is a thing called Kubernetes. It sounds like a cure for COVID-19, but it's not. It's a brand new way of deploying ArcGIS enterprise platforms. And this is a, a new way of deploying architectures. And containerization, much like shipping containers, revolutionized the world by allowing us to rely on a single unit of measure to allow scale in shipping across the world. We can allow scale in shipping of services but through the use of microservices and Kubernetes. And this is a new feature that's coming up in ArcGIS 2021. So this one was a, a bit of a new one for me. I didn't actually know what Kubernetes is. Kubernetes? Kubernetes. No. <laughs> uh, we're Australian. We can butcher it as much as we like. Uh, that's um, right. <laughs> so I wasn't really sure like what that would actually mean for users, because I know that there was a lot of discussion about what this is going to mean for ArcGIS Hub, but I wasn't quite sure whether this means on the back end, as in an Azure Inc. perspective, or can the user actually lock into this? For sure. It's a bit of a techie, nerdy things that, mm. that only I might be interested in. <laughs> but uh, definitely, it, it's going to be able to be leveraged by users in uh, in the end. At the moment, the most, uh, the most common way that you'll actually experience this this is if you get involved or start to use ArcGIS for IoT, which is the um, event processing tool uh, that's available on ArcGIS Online now. This can scale right out to many millions of events a, a minute. Uh, and the only way that is possible on ArcGIS Online is through the use of this Kubernetes-based backing. So in the back end, people are already starting to see the effects of this. But moving forwards in 2021, we're going to start to be able to leverage this in our own architectures. And I find that very exciting. Cool. And I suppose for my, my last item, uh, I'm really pretty excited about the, the new core updates. So, you know, ArcGIS 10.8.1 and Pro 2.6. And of course, the new map viewer and beta in ArcGIS Online is pretty schmick. So that's my top three. What about you, Riley? So my main takeaway from the UC actually surprised me myself. So usually when I go to a conference, I'm most interested to see like what new toys I get to play with over the next year and what organizations are going to do with the new technology and most of the post-UC usage. Mm. But this year, actually in reflection, I think the biggest takeaway from me was Jack's overall theme of staying interconnected. He touched on it on a number of different levels, whether it meant interconnecting between different technologies or us as people. But I think after such a tumultuous year, we've really seen the GIS community kind of rally to really speed up development. And I know just personally, working in collaboration with local governments, we've seen the rapid deployment of ArcGIS hubs that are sharing information to the public and pulling in different authoritative sources. And, you know, we've oh, seen dashboards, I mean, dashboards we've seen the, in general, the rise of yeah. dashboards. 
and also seeing the users and you know the community not even the spatially literate community but people trying to access data in real time to see what's going on and make their own decisions based on it and I think that was incredibly important and seeing the development of the new storyteller role so we've seen the uptake of storyteller in a number of different organizations not just government but obviously within the commercial sector as well just on that um, storyteller role mm. do you think the the catalyst that COVID uh, represented would have brought some kind of storytellers out of the woodwork. I mean, we've, we're providing them with a, a capability here to make it possible, but my guess is uh, there are a lot more stories to tell of late and the two kind of have come together at the right time. Have you seen kind of a new breed of people coming out and using these kinds of tools to tell their tale? Definitely. And also from departments and sectors that you wouldn't normally think would be this interested in pulling in spatial data. We've seen, you know, finance departments within local governments. We have seen people within the agricultural sector that don't, don't touch any sort of mapping request access and learning for story maps. So I think this new role is going to really help target and define organizations as in like what groups they're a part of so josh what about you what was your key takeaway from the the conference my takeaway is different but complementary to yours yours uh, i i can't argue with uh, any of the points you brought up for me i noticed a trend towards what i'd call accessibility so making capability more accessible to people mm. making it a lower bar to entry uh, and I'll give you an example of that uh, which I, I see as ArcGIS indoors making that transition from being something that was only available on premise to now something that's available in ArcGIS online and for me that's a huge step change because it takes away the friction the initial investment in time and learning that you'd need to be able to set it up even before you do something with it. Yep. So for me, that's that's a really big change. I find that a really interesting one, Josh. Uh, I, I was over in the States a couple of years back when ArcGIS Indoors first started, and I thought uh, I felt a little bit Josh-like thinking maybe this is a, a little bit of a niche market tool, uh, especially considering it used you know indoor sensors and different sensor modes to, to provide indoor navigation. Do you think maybe the, the technology was released too early? I think it was perhaps misinterpreted initially uh, as something that could only be valuable if it was associated with indoor navigation. And, and so that's about, not the case? Well, well, no, and particularly now, if you think about the period of time we're going through with the ongoing pandemic, there's a whole new mm, set sure. of use cases around indoor spaces and effectively trying to get people back into work that you really don't need a blue dot to know where they are. You just need to know kind of where to put them. And I think that coupled with this accessibility means that renaissance is the wrong word because it hasn't been around that long. But hey, it's a, a fresh start. Yeah. yeah okay, so cool. now that it's more accessible, I think as a platform, my question is how do users actually get on with indoors? How do, how do they start working with it? I think a couple of things. Understand the problem you're trying to solve. I mean, this goes across anything, anything you're trying to work with in our, in our world, but be clear on the problems you're trying to solve. But also, and this is really important and is often the first kind of stumbling block that somebody wanting to get into this finds themselves trying to navigate their way through. And that's how do you get 
a representation of the buildings that you occupy? And the answer is you need to get your hands on some CAD data or some BIM data. It's fundamentally, it's quite hard to get a hold of a digital representation of a building. You think it would be easy, but apparently not. Are you wow. saying, Josh, it's hard to get hold of good data? I've never heard that before. <laughs> Yeah, it's, hard. it's particularly hard to get hold of that data and uh, not because it doesn't exist, but because it has lots of ramifications for who you share it with. Definitely a theme there uh, that regardless of whichever technology you're looking at, data as a starting point, whether it uh, it be for your voxels or for your ArcGIS indoors is uh, an essential and important component. And a special shout out for my team in the ACT for being awarded the Special Achievement in GIS Award going to the ACT Government's Environment Planning and Sustainable Development Directorate, I think I got the name right, for their fantastic new uh, construction audit tools, which are revolutionising uh, the the auditing process for building inspections and construction using Survey123. Did anyone catch that at the uh, plenary? I saw that on LinkedIn, actually, and you'd be happy as a Canberry yourself, Wayne. Of course, it was it was good, but felt very proud on the inside. <laughs> I looked at that and I thought, wow, that's a, a really good example of digital transformation using really simple tools. It's great. So as you've heard today, there are uh, a lot of new technologies and capabilities coming out of the UC, and you can uh, try them in the coming months. Visit gisdirectionspodcast.com.au to learn more about the topics we've discussed today, including getting started with ArcGIS indoors, voxels, and the Map Viewer Beta, which you can all access through ArcGIS Online right now. We'll include the links to that information and how to transition to the latest version of Pro if you want to get involved and get started hitting the ground running. Thanks for joining us and happy mapping. Thanks, everyone. Till next time. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Esri Australia.